you ask us to describe our ideal Sundays, all that we will want is a never-ending supply of hot kappa and laid-back conversations. So that is what we are bringing to you through Kappa Press, a marketing and sales talk show series by Paperflight. If you're all set, let's dive right into today's conversation. So today on the show, we have with us Christoph Trapp, who is the Chief Content and Strategy Officer at the Authentic Storytelling Project. He is also a content marketer and podcaster. Uh, welcome to the show, Christoph. I'm so glad to have you with me here today. Hey, thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Amazing. Uh, before we move ahead, uh, Christoph, can you tell us more about the Authentic Storytelling Project? Yeah, so the Authentic Storytelling Project, AuthenticStorytelling.net, <clears throat> launched, I don't know, seven years ago. And really, that's kind of where I, I blog, where I share, you know, anything related to content marketing, storytelling, um, new strategies, social media, those kind of things. And of course, that's where the idea also was uh, started for the new book, the, the Going Life book coming out pretty soon here. Mm-hmm. That's interesting that you mentioned your book. So you already have three books to your name before this, Christoph. So how is this book any different? And what is your whole uh, big picture, right? So as to speak with this book. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's different. Obviously, it's a different topic. And what I realized is a lot of brands are launching podcasts. And uh, also, the other thing what has happened is a lot of brands have spent years building their social networks, right? Whether it's Facebook or LinkedIn or Twitter, you name it, Instagram. And now they're launching podcasts. And then I think what people realize, they spend all this time and energy to, to edit a podcast, to record it, to do all these different things. And it can take time depending on, on how, let's call it nitpicky you are when it comes to editing and, and whatnot. And so, and then you have 20 downloads, 30 downloads, unless mm-hmm. you spend a gazillion dollars, you know, <clears throat> maybe not that many, but some, some dollars to promote it. And the way you can get around that, honestly, is you just live stream it to the channels that you've built for all those years and you know whether that's facebook youtube linkedin etc so the the one nice thing about live streams as well is you know can't edit as much um, or you can't edit at all when it comes to the live stream Uh, you can still edit in the podcast version and sometimes that's okay to do but on the live stream you're already live so you take in the power of over editing of overthinking things from people to an extent you know don't say it if you don't want it to be on air. That's the end of it. And that's that's honestly a good strategy anyways. I mean, I don't know if you heard about Clubhouse. You know, Clubhouse, um, allegedly, nothing gets, it's only in the moment. And of course, somebody somewhere found a way to live stream Clubhouse to a website or record it or something. So uh, anything said in a microphone, it, don't expect it to be public, to be private ever anyways. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love that, right? And it's interesting that you bring up Clubhouse because this was a question I was going to ask you. So do you think Clubhouse, platforms like Clubhouse and the like are going to be complementing live streaming and podcasts or do you think they're going to be competing against it? Well, everything is competing with each other, quite frankly, because it's the attention, mm-hmm. right? And that's, I think, one reason why live streams are so um, helpful because you can watch them live, you can watch the replay, you can watch the, you can look at the scheduled post. I mean, there's some 
live streams where the schedule post, the preview post has hundreds of views. And that's before anybody even watched it. So you, you know, everything competes with everything just because of, we only have so much time in the day. Um, I think podcasters and live streamers can use Clubhouse. Um, I would recommend to think about where you want to focus your time though. So now Twitter is rolling out Twitter spaces, which is basically the same thing. So I'm saying I'm active on Twitter. I got a good community there. Why would I spend any time on Clubhouse and build a new community mm -hmm. if I can do the same thing on Twitter, you know, and now Facebook has the same thing in development, I guess. So uh, think about it that way. Um, I haven't found a really good way to live stream your podcast to Clubhouse or Twitter Spaces. That is not as easy as it sounds right now. But maybe what you could do is you could have a post chat, you know, so you live stream with your guests and then you invite people over to Twitter Spaces and have a conversation there. Mm -hmm. That's pretty neat that, that I didn't think I would thought of it that way. And before we move any further with uh, live streaming, Christoph, are there certain elements that you personally look for before choosing a podcast that you want to listen to? And what, to rephrase, what do you think makes a good podcast? Yeah, it's always a fantastic question. So first of all, I do, you, you kind of run across them, right? The, mm -hmm. how the, the discovery of podcasting is really still pretty terrible, quite frankly. Um, it's right. getting better because now Google indexes podcasts. So they show up in search. Um, <clears throat> but I, you know, I look for interesting topics. I look for things to learn. But like I just mentioned earlier, everything competes with each other. So for example, I follow the Washington football team. I follow the um, New York Rangers, you know, and mm -hmm. then I also, I, I, I learn things. I, I follow marketing topics. So I have all these podcasts, like, I don't know, 130 podcasts in mm -hmm. my app subscribed to, and they all compete with each other, right? And then when I start listening to them, I'll, I'll be quite honest, when you first start, I don't think you need to overthink the production. Do you need a fancy mic like this? Probably not. Do you need a big ring light, 18 inch ring light, which, which, which is what's you know shining on me, a 4K camera? Probably not. But once you get really going, I think people tune out when your audio is not great. I think people tune out when your video is horrible. I think people tune out when you know things like that, the basics. So um, something to keep in mind, when I have 12 podcasts to listen to today, and I know I don't have to listen to them all, and let's say three are truly work-related. So for example, you know, my day job, content strategy at Vox Pop Me, um, video survey platform for, for brands. And basically, if I have three that directly relate to that job, I'm going to listen to them, right? Mm -hmm. And then, so now I got nine more. And let's say three of them are sports. I'm like, okay, that's kind of, if I can fit them in, I'll fit them in, you know, if it's interesting, interesting topic. And then the next three have horrible audio. So if I'm going through it, I'm already disqualifying them, right? Because I don't right. have time for all 12 anyways. And now I'm disqualifying them to listen to. And if it happens over and over, I unsubscribe. So something to think about, you know, I, I certainly add, as you can tell, with 130 podcast subscriptions, I add podcasts to that. I think the average number might be seven or nine or something like that. The average person, seven, some, yeah, it's not very high. It might be double digits, but I think, it's, I think it was single digits. So mm -hmm. that's kind of how I do it. And then I follow them. 
and you know and um you know check them out when i can right right that makes a lot of sense absolutely i think i personally am stuck with <clears> ton <throat> of podcasts right but if you ask me how many i actually do listen to it would be hardly a handful of them so definitely with you on that christoph so now we we'll move towards uh, the crux of this conversation right how you can leverage live streaming as part of your outreach strategy so how would you define outreach to a beginner right what would be your primary goal with outreach so to speak christoph So it's always funny I hear brands sometimes talk about oh we're not interested in building a brand we just want to we need leads and leads and leads and here's the thing I want leads too I get it but to get leads you have to kind of build your brand out there and the reality is no matter what industry you're in honestly there's a lot of competition I mean everywhere you know everybody's competing about for everything and so for example even live streaming I don't see too many live streaming books out right now um but there's other ones that are kind of related you know they're um in in a similar topic so everything everybody gets starts competing so doing a live stream first of all doing a podcast is another way to stand out because 5 years ago or 10 years ago people started blogging i think it still works blogging but blogging is a lot more time intensive so i'll give you an example you know we're chatting here for i don't know 30 minutes or whatever it'll be and we couldn't write 1500 word article in 30 minutes, you know. Um mm-hmm. it takes much more time, but the podcast might perform much better and then if you push it to the live stream channels, it might perform much better as well. So, um once you get into it, once you know what you want to talk about, once you kind of know, you know, what you stand for, blah blah blah, those kind of things, it's it becomes a lot easier in my well, there's a lot of technical things that can still go wrong. I mean think about it you know uh we got you know I'm in the US you're in India we have I mean things bouncing all over the place you know my internet mm-hmm. could go out your internet could go out um zoom might not work I we I think we're on zoom zoom might mm-hmm. not work I mean there's a hundred things that could go wrong so just something to keep in mind but I found it to be a really good way to reach more people and also stand out because the reality is when you can say we live stream and no none of your competitors does that it helps you stand out because you know you're the only one doing it right 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 got that perfect and when do you think uh, live streaming as an as a part of your outreach strategy will work out better or christoph do you need an audience that behaves in a certain way or when do you think it can truly work in your favor so basically the way i think of it is what um where do you have an audience already you know and i don't necessarily you know i don't think there's a characteristic for that audience um you know what they're doing but i would just say if you already have a good audience on facebook or twitter or wherever linkedin go live try it schedule your post i mentioned that earlier um now you can i schedule all of my live streams like a day or two or sometimes 3 days out and you know there's always something for them to do in the schedule preview post as well so then that post gets seen and then you go live and it comes back to the top so um don't overthink the audience if you already have the audience just give it a try try it and it's so hard to stand out on the podcast channels in my opinion when you start from scratch um and you already have that established social audience basically um that why wouldn't you do it you know why um it it really helps you 
get in front of more people, get some more eyeballs on things. And the other thing is too, the more you do live streams and podcasts, the better you get, right? So that's Absolutely. another thing to think about is, you know, if when you listen to some of my first episodes, they were horrible. Um, mm -hmm. Some of my first live streams, they were horrible. And there's still stuff I run across, you know, that's not working or I, I run across some problem. So, you know, just jump in, just, just start doing them. Uh, and see what works and see what doesn't work. And, um, you know, you can evolve it as you go. Mm -hmm. I couldn't agree anymore with that, uh, Christoph. I mean, we are in season two of Kappa Press. And if you go back to season one, I don't think I'd prefer rewatching what I did there. <laughs> right? So I'll with you there. And uh, we are talking about podcasting and live streaming and uh, that is part of a strategy. So how would you go ahead with mapping out a live streaming strategy, Christoph? Yeah. So first of all, I wouldn't do a live streaming strategy at all. What I would do is mm -hmm. uh, what's your overall marketing strategy, right? And then as part of your marketing yeah. strategy, you want to have a content strategy. And I think a content strategy a lot of times is overlooked because content does take a little bit of time and it compounds, but it doesn't. So if you started running an ad campaign today, right, the ad campaign might deliver today, but uh, when you stop spending money, it stops delivering, right? So content is a little bit different. You kind of start building your foundation and you keep growing it. And then, you know, it compounds and it builds your brain. So I would always make it part of my overall content strategy of um, you have the live stream at the center. You interview experts, internal ones, perhaps. And you mm -hmm. get all the stories that you can then use on other channels. Six years ago, you know, at MedTouch, for example, we did the same strategy, except we um, interviewed experts face-to-face um, -face and we took notes, right? And now it's just live stream. So that's really the only difference. And uh, then figure out what are you going to cover? What are you going to talk about? What areas do you need to be ranking for? What content do you need? What can the sales team use? All those different things. And that's, that's really important. Um, to make it part of your integrated strategy. Don't don't create a live stream strategy, a Twitter strategy, a Facebook strategy, whatever, you know, another strategy for some other channel. Make it an mm -hmm. overall piece of everything and, and integrate it. Right, 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 right. Got that. And also since you mentioned content strategy, right, Christoph, how would yeah. you go ahead with that, right? You said there is no live streaming strategy, but how would you go ahead with the content strategy? Yeah, good question. And I, I guess I could have jumped into that a little bit more. Um, so thank you for that prompt. So basically, you know, with your content strategy, you have to know who you're trying to reach, who you're trying to create content for. And I even, I have a chapter in the book and I talk about um, what do you say at the beginning of the podcast? And, and I'm a big fan of not saying, hey guys, hello everyone, you know, something like that. And you definitely, you know, uh -huh. like, Hey guys, like some influencers do that. I prefer that people say whoever they're trying to reach or who they're talking to. So for example, on my podcast, I say, hey, business storytellers, blah, 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 you know, and I, I get it. That's like, that's still a pretty big group of people because I'm, 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 I don't say hello marketers and social media managers and VPs and CMOs. And, you know, I, I don't list them all. I just put them all in that one, uh, one mm -hmm. phrase. But you got to figure out who you're trying to reach and, and then people can figure out whether or not that content is for them. And it also reminds me of who I'm talking to. So just, you know, you have to know who your audience is 
And then the next thing is you have to figure out what are you going to talk about that's different. You can't just regurgitate the same old crap. And and if you ever heard me open my mouth anywhere, you know, crap is indeed an acronym, stands for content really annoying to people. We don't mm-hmm. want to create that. We want to create stuff that's unique or at least somewhat unique and that shares something that makes you think or something that's entertaining or, you know, something along those lines that's unique to your organization. And then you want to start and, and figure out a schedule. Uh, what's a good schedule? Between October and uh, January, I think, October 2020 and January, roughly, I mean, I did a live stream daily, you know, and that was the schedule. And now I've kind of dialed it back a little bit and um, and have fewer. I don't, I don't know how many it is currently. Maybe it's still daily in April. I don't know. But um so you got to figure out your schedule, you know, if you have an executive on, on, on a show, uh, maybe it's once a week, you know, maybe it's twice a month. Um, I think if you go less than once a month, once a month is probably kind of not enough, honestly, but um, at least that's a start, you know, so you do want to have some kind of repetition, get on that schedule and always go back to who are we trying to reach? Why do these people care about what we're going to talk about? Um, okay, maybe it might not be the right topic, you know. Um, and then, of course, keep in mind, audiences are not lifetime appointments. Um, they have to sometimes expand, you know. Um, so, for example, it used to be uh, the sea level makes all the decisions and they still kind of do. But in B2B, they got hiring committees. You know what I mean? Even if the CMO makes the decision, um, that CMO is still talking to other people way down the ladder to, to get input, you know, so you have to convince them all. You can't just uh, talk only to the CMO. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Love how detailed that is. And you also mentioned uh, the reputation of a brand, first off. So uh, in our previous conversation, you also mentioned how live streaming can bring out the authenticity of a brand, right? So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so I think uh, authenticity is important for every brand. Uh, just appear human, be human. And that's another reason why I think it's so important to get people from the brand to participate in a live stream. So here's an example. When you write an article, um, you even when it's written well, you don't always see the true humanness, right? Because mm-hmm. it's written down. We over-edit it. But if you um, have experts from the company talk on your live stream, you see them, right? You hear them. You can make your own opinions. Do I like them? Do you know? Do they appear trustworthy? Do they know what they're talking about? Are they just pushing a product? And it's very obvious. So certainly it's easier for some people to appear human, interestingly, even though we're all humans or likable humans, right? So, mm-hmm. um, so some people might need to think about how do they do that in public? How do they you know, get some training and certainly there's there's uh, things you can do to learn it. Um, but that is a big, big reason why I think that's important to have people from behind the brand step step in front of the logo, you know, and actually represent the brand. And, and uh, live streaming is a fantastic way to do that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Love that. And now you've mentioned that people don't want to be pushed upon product, right? They don't want sales pitches. So how do you ensure that your content doesn't reek of that kind of tone and shift your focus to being audience centric? 
Well, so it depends, right? Some people do indeed want to be pushed products when it's the right time. But I would argue mm -hmm. that live streams typically are not the right time to push a product. It can be very subtle. You know, like when I do an Amazon Live, I always have my book at the bottom. Like even now, you know, the, my book is right here the whole time. Uh, but but I'm not saying buy the book now, buy the book now. Hey, did you buy the book yet? Mm -hmm. Have you bought it yet? You know, please buy it, buy the book. Like that would be super annoying. Um, and so you can mention products, but you have to be subtle about it. They can't, it can't just be a constant sales pitch. Um, so I think the trick is to figure out what is the top, what are the topics that your brand is trying to address and constantly talk about those topics. Um, and every once in a while you talk about something related to your product, but a lot of times you circle around, you know, the whole thing. So for example, um, you know, I got a new book coming out, but we're not, we're barely talking about the book, right? We're talking about mm -hmm. microphones and we're talking about content strategy and we're talking about um, how do you think about the audience? And we talk about how do you become more human? So a brand can do the same thing. Just you need to know what it is you're talking about. And the other thing what's interesting, it used to be people come up with marketing messages, you know, and then they're repeated nonstop. And that's okay for the bottom of the funnel. But the top of the funnel, you have to go much wider because if you only talk about those five to 10 marketing slogans, we'll, we'll call them that for, lack of for just for simplicity here. Mm -hmm. It's really hard to like expand, you know? So, I mean, think about it this way. I'm a content guy, like five years ago, going live wasn't like a big part of my strategy, right? But I'm really still talking about content strategy, but I'm constantly figuring out, do I have to evolve it? Do I have to tilt it? Do I have to go over here? What am I currently focusing on? So brands can do the same thing. And, and when people tell me, oh, our industry has no stories, it's baloney. Every industry has stories that are worth sharing. It's just a question on how easy or how hard it is to share those stories. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Love how you put it, uh, Christoph. Since you've also touched upon stories and storytelling, right? What do you think makes up for a good story? And how important it is to tell your story over and over again? Yeah, well, first of all, it is a repetition because people don't pay attention as much as they used to. And I, I was just kind of mentioning that the other day, somebody was asking me something about an article. And I said, the article is really written for three audiences. Number one, the people who actually read it, which is the minority. Then you got the people who skim it. They read the headlines. That's the majority. And then you got the people who don't do anything. They just look at it. They're like, oh yeah, that looks really good. But they didn't read a single word, right? But it looked like they still got something out of it. So you do have to have that repetition um, in there with your story. But at the end of the day, um, I hate when people say you got to make the customer the hero. I, I, I don't think most people explain that very well. But, um, you know, when you look at J.J. Peterson's book, for example, formula, how you how you uh, tell better stories and involve the customers, um, it's it's a really good one. And, and really the, what it comes down to is what is the problem you're selling, you're, you're solving, not selling, but solving. And then you're helping the customer solve it, right? And that's where the customer can become the hero. Now, the problem with the analogy and a little bit in my opinion is that the customer doesn't think about themselves as a hero in that case. They think of themselves as, oh, I finally got this fixed. Do you know what I mean? So that's just something um, uh, to think about. And then basically, 
you know, you have some failure in there. Here's the problem. Here's how we fix it. Um, here's how we move forward. And here's how we can make your life easier. And that's, I think, what live streaming can do, because I think it's going to be harder and harder. Somebody launches a podcast and they got it approved. It took them forever to get it approved. And now they're doing it. And then they say, the CEO will say, or somebody, and how many people listen? And they'll say 20 people. It's mm-hmm. going to be a mess, right? But if you yeah. do a live stream, you're going you're gonna to end up with more people just because you already have that audience, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, so that's like, that's the problem because the, the problem live streaming, in my opinion, solves is all marketers are now being judged by numbers. You know, are we reaching more people? Are we building the brand? You know, and that's getting harder and harder because everything keeps getting more crowded and everybody is doing everything or, you know, trying different things. Um, So I think those things have to be included in uh, the stories and the content that you share and create. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, I mean, you've highlighted the importance of live streaming throughout this conversation now, Christoph. So why do you think not many brands are doing it? Are there any challenges that brands are facing? Well, there's all kinds of challenges because, you know, people, most people don't like to go on camera. So my tip on that is don't think of it as going on camera, even though I'm squinting here at the light that's shining in my face. You know, I'm just thinking of it like I'm having a conversation with you. And that's really Mm -hmm. it. Right. I don't even think of it as a recording. Um, And that's really that's how you want to do it. And the other thing is. Forget about the whole thing of being right. Don't try to be right. Just try to share what you know and be real. Now, that doesn't mean you should share anything that's confidential. So it's good to know that. Um, And then the next thing is, I think brands haven't thought about it, honestly, because I think what happens a lot of times is um, there's a wave, right? You got the early adopters, you got the next phase, and actually Nick Mattingly and the the forward talks about um, what those three stages are. I can't even remember now, early adopters, something else, and then something else. And, but, you know, so we're still pretty early. So I think a lot of companies haven't thought about it, but podcasting has kind of had an upswing in the last two to three years. So a lot of companies are now talking about that. And it was kind of like when Facebook first started, you know, Um, it was like some people got a Facebook page and then some brands like a year or two later, they were like, oh, we need a Facebook page. And I'm like, you don't have a Facebook page? Like, really? And that's kind of the stage, you know, I think we're currently in. Um, They haven't thought about it. It's kind of like, you know, on the back burner or, I mean, think about it. Like I kind of stumbled across it and then I took it, you know, kept evolving it and and it was really, it happened with Jason Falls. I was on his podcast. It was then called the Jason Falls Show. And he literally just like lifted up his iPad and said, here's how I'm live streaming. I was like, oh, that's a really good idea. So then I started mm-hmm. doing that. And, you know, then I started doing my podcast that way. And then I started adding channels. And then I, you know, so it's kind of like you have to evolve it um, as you go. Um, but I think the biggest thing is, I think some brands, they're currently thinking about podcasts. And I, I got a feeling some brands will really... Um, I don't want to say fail, but they will be underwhelmed when they only do that as a standalone strategy. Beautiful. I mean, this conversation has taken a really good form so far, uh, Christoph. So before I let go of you, tell us more about your book and when can we expect to see it live? Yeah, so the Kindle version uh, is available. You can order that already for pre-order on Amazon. Um, Should be available um, on every Amazon site. The print 
print print version. I just submitted that actually today. I, I did another edit, a final edit, um, and that should be live. Who knows? Hopefully by the tenth at the very latest. Um, sometimes that's kind of out of your hands, right? Amazon does whatever they want to do. Um, but again, you know, I don't want to. Uh, Amazon has been fantastic if you think about it, because 20 years ago it's much harder to publish a book. You know, now you can kind of do it all yourself. And we also, I created like merch, you know, I have like pillows and t-shirts and, you know, actually, I wonder, I think I actually have one of the t-shirts on, hold on. Yeah, not to mm -hmm. flash it, but here, I don't know if you can see that. You know uh -huh. I mean? Yes, I do, so, I do. Yeah, is this on? So all the, the, there's two other guys that had some contributions and mm -hmm. basically um, they have their own t-shirts. Um, but yeah, the book is out. Um, there's also a related podcast going live with Christoph Trapp. You can ask, um, you can also ask the personal digital assistants. I can't say their name or they go off, but um, to play it. And uh, they're not, all the chapters are not on there yet, but basically I go through the book one by one. If you listen to the podcast and you're in the US, um, there is a surprise at the end. Actually, there is a surprise for everybody worldwide. Mm -hmm. um, if you listen all the way to the end of the episodes or maybe some of the episodes um, that, you know, it's kind of fun to hide that and, and kind of tease that a couple of times here and there. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Congratulations on your book. I'm really excited for this, Christoph. And thank you so much for joining me today, Christoph. You bet. Thank you for making the time. Really appreciate you.